What's up, everybody? It's Cody here. It's another edition of Mojo Sessions, our road to NSCC 23, coming to an end right here with another great interview. This time, friend of the podcast, the play-by-play voice of the Florida Panthers, Doug Plagans, joins Dan and I for a great conversation. But before we get to that, one more time, we want to let you know about our big national kickoff party at the Hilton. If you're going to the show, it's right across the way on the Sky Bridge. Guys, as of this recording, there are just a few spots left. We are almost full for this party. So get in now. If there's still spots, by the time you're listening to this, they may be gone, but just want to throw it out there one more time. 6 p.m. local time at the National Hilton Rosemont, right across the way from the convention center. Food, drink, giveaway, free gifts, karaoke, so much more. It's going to be a blast. Don't miss out. Go to Eventbrite. Just search Mojo Break. If you look up Rosemont, Illinois, Mojo Break, you're going to find it. Go to our social medias. You'll find the link everywhere there. You can't miss it, and you don't want to miss it. It's going to be an awesome party. I can't wait for it. It's going to be a lot of fun, and get it while you can. Those spots are going fast. But in the meantime, uh, let's talk to Doug Blagans, who, hey, he talked about the party. He's going to be stopping by, and we talked to him about the incredible Florida Panthers Stanley Cup run, what he's going to be doing at the National, and so much more. Here is me, Dan, and Doug Plagans. Doing great, and especially now I see uh, an outcome the Wolves. I see oh, Doug dude, behind you. New, uh, dude, knew this is going down. So yeah, we got some, uh, got some bundle up here. You know, figured we talked probably a little bit about music. You know, there's yeah, not yeah. the whole about sports and sports cards. This well, is why, just, yeah, Dan had to be on. One of my favorite things. Yeah. <laughs> I can't bring the music knowledge uh, to the level of you and Dan. So it's like, I'll, I, at one point I'll be like, Dan, just, just, you got to take it away. Have, you know, have at it. Man, it's, it's around that time. It's summertime. There's tons of like tours going on. There's festivals going on. So there's a lot of stuff going on in the music industry right now. Yeah. There's some, I just went to a cool, uh, I just went to a punk festival in Columbus a couple of weeks ago. Nice. I saw no effect, no effects headline both days, but oh, nice. like, um, Saw like Descendants and like, it was really oh. cool. Yeah, cool. So, it was a cool, so cool couple days. Yeah. Um, next time I'm in Vegas, they just opened up the Punk Rock Museum. I went when we were, I went the, would have been the night before, maybe it was the night before game one of the final. Okay. Yeah, when we were just nice. there. Um it was awesome. It was, and I, I was like holding it to a really high standard because of how much I heard it hyped and because I knew who was like involved in building it and everything like that. So yeah. I had this like really high expectation in my mind and it exceeded all of it. It was really cool. Yeah. One of, uh, one of my favorite bands, the front man was actually doing the tours for like a weekend. Uh, Rob Flynn from machine head, which was, oh, okay. I mean, I wish I would have made it for that. That would have been awesome. But that's definitely next time I'm in Vegas, I got to check it out. I've heard so many good things about it. So it's very well done. Yeah, really well done. Nice. 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 Where is it? Where is it at in Vegas? It's like it's off the strip, kind okay. of down near like where 
toward like where the stratosphere is. Yeah, I, I believe it's North Vegas, kind of like near the uh, near Fremont Street. It's definitely closer to Fremont Street than it is like the main strip. Okay. Yeah, it's it's like toward stratosphere between that and I-15. Yep. Kind of. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That whole area uh, an, is getting an area that probably okay. ten years ago you wouldn't have hung out in very much. Not at all. And I heard it's. I heard it's like very interactive, right? They have like different like guitar setups and stuff like that that you can play along, play with, yeah. and stuff. We went. We went. Uh, my buddy and I, who I went with, we um like I played like Rob from Strung Out's guitar. Like it, it was. Rad. So they had all these guitars in there that like you could just. They had like Joan Jett's guitar in there, like. That's- yeah it it was pretty cool that's super cool that is super super cool yeah we'll have to check that one out all right well uh i guess we're already recording so let's just uh we'll we'll get it sort of officially started here uh welcome in you're listening to mojo sessions every year we look forward to this it's it's cody here it's dan it's doug but it's Doug Plagans, uh, who, of course, you know as the voice of the Florida Panthers, uh, also f- friend of the show, listener of the show, and uh, will be at the National, and uh, we always love catching up with Doug. So, Doug, how's it going, man? Great to have you on. Thanks so much for having me. We were just chatting off air, but this is one of my favorite things because I love talking to you guys. And when I jump on here, it means the Nationals right around the corner or in some cases we're chatting at the Nationals. So uh, always great to chat with you guys. Thanks so much for having me on. It's like our version of Christmas. Like it's, you know, you start to see people, you did, you're like, oh, okay, something's the decorations come out. Uh, and you know, we get to chance to, to catch up with you. It's like, it's, it's the most wonderful time of the year to, to put it uh, simply uh, before we talk cards, we got to talk about the season that you had a chance to be a part of an incredible run by the Florida Panthers. Look, last time we talked to you uh, in, an, in an interview where I, I'll just I'll go behind the scenes. We had some audio issues and unfortunately lost that interview to tie. But awesome conversation we had about, man, Panthers were the number one seed. They got Matthew Kachuk. It's just this is incredible. Things are going up for the Panthers. And then the regular season happens. Kind of an underwhelming year. Uh, you go into the playoffs against a behemoth in the Boston Bruins. And then one of the most miraculous runs I think we have seen in Stanley Cup playoff history. Just uh, I, I know there's a lot to cover there, but just when you reflect back on this, I know they end up losing. But like, was there moments where you were just kind of taking a step back like, I can't believe what we are watching right now. Were you as blown away by it or was it something you're like, there's a chance they could shock the world here? It was truly special, and I'm trying to think where to even begin. I mean, it was around a year ago at this time, we were all talking about, you know, what the acquisition of Matthew Kachuk could mean because it was so fresh about, uh, you know, this time last year. And he's a he's a truly special player and a special personality, and there was already the makings of, of a really good hockey team here in place. And, you know, the long and short of it, season gets going. Paul Maurice puts his stamp on the team. Things really clicked around the turn of the new year. This team really caught its stride. And not to get too much into just the basic nuts and bolts, but, um, you know, for example, going into the playoffs, the Panthers got in by one point. And it went right down to the wire. You had a feeling based on how things were shaken out that it could happen that way. And, the Panthers got hot at the end, got in by a point, and then 
got in against that, went on to play that Boston team that had a historic regular season. But in the National Hockey League, it truly is the playoff format where you just need to get in. Because I think we've learned it not just this year, but every single year, that the gap between a top seed, for example, and a team that gets in in the final days of the regular season the gap just isn't that wide. And once everything resets come game 83, anything truly can happen. And this team showed, and Matthew Kachuk was a huge reason for it. Alexander Barkov has been here for a long time. He was a big reason for it. Aaron Ekblad, especially when you found out down the stretch, you know, what he was playing through during the playoffs. Yeah. Um, you know, just a rock back there. Guys having great years. Sergey Bobrovsky, you can't tell the story of the playoffs without talking about what he did in net. But this team developed a real comfort with their backs against the wall. And that's something that you can't, you know, it's hard to it's hard to know how a team's going to respond when they get into that kind of situation until they're in that situation. But they were playing that kind of hockey, that must win kind of hockey for about the last three months of the regular season. They got into the playoffs, went down three one against the Boston Bruins in the first round. Boston played two really solid games here in Florida. You wondered what direction things were going to go. But then. Everything turned in game five in Boston. Sergei Bobrovsky made a save on Brad Marchand in the final seconds of regulation. That potentially could have been the series had Brad Marchand scored. Matthew Kachuk scored in overtime. The first of seven overtime wins the Panthers had in the playoffs. And when he scored that overtime winner in the locker room, moments later, there's video of it. He looked at everybody and he said, remember this room because we're coming back for game seven. Sure enough, they won a wild game six. They forced a game seven, forced game seven into overtime and won. And then the run just picked up steam from there, um, took down Toronto in five games, swept the Carolina Hurricanes in four really close games, but still uh, a sweep of that series en route to the final. So it was a team that just showed a comfort level in the toughest of situations. They knocked off three legitimate cup contenders, and, you know, against the Vegas Golden Knights, it was a situation they, especially once we found out some of the injuries that guys were playing through by that point in time, Vegas just had a really good team. If the Panthers had, had been able to win game four, tie the series, who knows what direction that could have gone. But it was a great run. And really, as far as a lot of us are concerned, the Panthers really just scratched the surface there. That was the tip of the iceberg for a team that figures to be in the contending mix for a long time to come. Yeah, it, it, you mentioned it too with the Kachuk trade last year. That was not just a deal made for, you know, just to obviously to supplement an already stacked roster, but that was a deal made for this year, next year, and beyond. Uh, a really, really bright future. And I think too, like, uh, it's exciting watching that cup final. Like, two markets that 30 years ago are not even on 30, 35 years ago, aren't even on the radar for the NHL. And not only are, do you have winning teams there, but markets that are thriving. So I thought it was just cool from a fan, you know, here we are in the Bay area. Sharks have, have, have been uh, a huge draw for most of their time as a franchise. And it's just cool to see uh, these markets that are not quote unquote hockey markets uh, kind of really uh, totally rewriting uh the book on on what that means really i thought that was it, really cool it's been awesome to see and you know you always hear that phrase you know traditional and non-traditional hockey markets but you look back and really ever since 
ever since Wayne Gretzky went to the Los Angeles Kings, it yeah. kind of changed the whole complexion. And then everything Gary Bettman's done, you know, as far as expansion and just, you know, broadening the reach of the league. I forgot who it was who originally made the observation. I saw it on Twitter, but the the final four in the National Hockey League this season were Vegas and Dallas, the Panthers in Carolina. Vegas was actually the northernmost team left when you got to the uh, to the final four in the National Hockey League. As, as crazy as that's concerned, so oh my as crazy gosh. as that is, so it just shows you how much this game's grown. And of course, now with the reach, you know, ESPN and TNT doing great jobs with the sport. And uh, again, just to bring it back to where I am here in South Florida. Uh, a guy with the energy and charisma and emotion of Matthew Kachuk and, you know, being, uh, you know, being a guy from right here in the United States who had a recognizable dad who played and was outstanding for a long time and a brother who's very visible in the game. Uh, you know, a guy like that's going to be just so big, not only for, for the game here in our region, but I think, uh, you know, across North America, he is, he is one of those guys. I understand if you're a fan of, a, of another team, maybe you're not a Matthew Kachuk fan, but you can't help but respect what the man does because he is an outstanding player and I can tell you from the moment I first met him I was blown away and my goodness are we happy to have him here in South Florida yeah it's going to be a a very very exciting future with him Uh, I want to know from I want to go behind the scenes a little bit because I remember hearing that call I think we even commented on it your call and uh, you know what I'm even going with the The four overtime game that the game that would never end absolutely incredible to watch there is this you know i I always feel like whatever it happens in any sport uh especially i feel like it happens a lot in hockey in playoffs it happens in baseball where you get these games where you hit a certain point you go there's almost a sick fascination of like how let's just keep it going can we go till the sun rises here uh but i of course if you're working it i'm sure you've got a different feeling but yet that call you made so much i think everyone commented it incredible energy incredible that at that point where it's gosh i don't even know what time it must have been i think what close to two in the morning at that it point was all, it was like 1 54 a.m oh my when God. that game ended how what do you do between periods i know the players are all gassed and you always hear they're just certain it was great that you mentioned the tnt coverage i loved that at a certain point they're like okay the 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 goal is find a snack find some nachos hanging around find anything you can put in your stomach as an announcer what are you doing to maintain that energy maintain that focus as it you know you go into the third into the fourth overtime what do you what's the the secret for you well, for that, I, I had never called a game that long, obviously. The longest game I had ever called, and this might bring back some memories uh, for, for you guys being in the region you're in, but the longest game I'd ever called was actually at Stockton Arena, an Idaho Steelhead Stockton Thunder game back wow. in 2010 because I was broadcasting with the Idaho Steelheads at the time. It was the conference final in the ECHL, and it was like a minute into triple overtime. And I was with Idaho, and, uh, and the Steel had lost that game, one nothing actually. But that was the longest game that I'd ever called up until that point. And I guess for me, like first and foremost, obviously, you know, I'm an, I'm an employee of the Florida Panthers. So I when I go to the arena, I'm like everybody, I'm in it to win it. I, I'm here to win, you know, when, when I go to the arena, I'm, I'm going there to win a hockey game that night. So, so as this thing's going on, first of all, once you get – into I think after the second overtime that's when I start looking like okay where does this figure into the mix of longest games in Panthers history longest games in Carolina Hurricanes history and then the longest the longest Panthers game up to that point was 431 of triple overtime so 
blew past that. That was just left in the dust. And that, that was a long hockey game back in 1996, but just blew past that. So once you get into triple overtime, you realize you're starting to get into historic territory where you could be passing certain milestones with each minute that elapses from the clock. So uh, as the game was going on, I guess I never once had a thought about my own fatigue because I'm thinking, I don't care if this goes to 25 overtimes. If we get a win here in game one on the road, that's the biggest thing. Uh, that's the main objective. So yeah. the first non-hockey thought that I had would have been after probably the second or third overtime, it dawned on me that I hadn't had a meal in like eight hours. I was starting to get hungry. So that was really the only, that was really the only non-hockey thought that, uh, that crept into my mind. But as that game was going on, oddly enough, I could sense it. And again, not, you know, to go back to him, Matthew Kachuk showed a true it factor there, uh, you know, scoring those overtime goals yeah. in the playoffs. But uh he scored that winner in game one of the Eastern Conference final, 12 or so seconds left in the fourth overtime. And I could sense as the we're getting into that final minute of the of the fourth overtime, it almost felt like the Panthers were they were playing with some urgency and maybe they caught Carolina off guard just a little bit in overtime in, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's all it takes. If you get one opportunity, that could be the opportunity that ends it. And sure enough, it was, you know, hard work from from Sam Bennett, Matthew Kachuk, those guys in the offensive end creating one more chance. That wound up being the one that the Panthers needed. And you never know. It was one of those things. You never know how a team's going to respond, how anybody's going to feel in that situation until the game's over with. But I know it was only one win, but you feel like a win like that, the way they got it on the road, no less probably stood for more than just one win in that series. Uh, you know, there's there's a certainly a, a physical cost to, to playing a game like that. And the fact that the Panthers were able to come out of that with the win, uh, that was special. And the other thing, we always get the the, the group text from our team travel coordinator uh, right, uh, you know, right when the game ends to let us know what time the buses are leaving. And, uh, you know, maybe the only time in my life I ever see the, uh, the buses back to the hotel are leaving at two 35 and two 55 AM. Uh, <laughs> so that just put into perspective how late it was that we were, uh, or how early it was that we were there that night. Yeah. Oh gosh. It was, it really was one of the most incredible things to behold, just watching that and just kind of my mouth just wide open the whole time. Like, I can't believe they're still playing. Like I'm, I'm on the West coast. I'm in bed and all this watching it. Like, gosh, I can't, it, it was, it was, phenomenal and man what what uh what a thrill i i that's got to be for you to just always have that part that, like, the small part of that history right there to be part of that it's, that's it's really really cool uh i also think of you mentioned the meals because i was you know when i was uh, coming up trying to, to to be like an aspiring announcer i always took the vince scully uh his his way of dealing with eating and drinking during a game not so he didn't have to do bathroom breaks he said he always had a bag of jolly ranchers he would pop one in his mouth suck on it a little bit get his mouth watered and they spit it out and uh yeah I, I don't think a bag of jolly ranchers would have sufficed after four overtimes uh in in, in the stanley cup playoffs i think vin might have needed something a little more with a little more heft 
Yeah, that was uh, that was just a grind. That uh, yeah. you know that, but but it was something <laughs> I will never forget. It wound up being the sixth longest game in the history of the league. Gosh. And two of the games that were longer happened in the 1930s. So this isn't something that happens every single day. That illustrates just how how rare it is for a game to go to that length. And again, the fact that the Panthers won that game, we can tell that story with a you know with a, a positive ending to it. Um, that certainly means that much more. But like you said, it was that's that's why you get you get into it to you know to be involved with with the big moments and the big games and that to have that emotional investment in your team and to see to see that group of guys you know grow over the course of the year and what they're able to accomplish it just it, it's going to be a short off season when you have a long run like that the off season short especially in the national hockey league but um uh, you know a, a short off season's welcome, I guess, because I can't wait to see these guys get back on the ice come October. Yeah, it's going to be spectacular. And just to kind of put a cap on it, uh, how were was the team and you guys? Uh, you, you know, there was something really special going on in Miami. The fact that you guys and the Miami Heat both eight seeds both concurrently having these miracle runs uh were they kind of was there a little bit of like i know you're so locked in when you're when you're in those runs but was there uh, from the other side were you guys looking over going hey what are they doing over there they're doing the same thing as us was it like kind of feeding off of each other there did you guys feel that at all Absolutely. And it was it became, you know, kind of a, a subplot kind of side story to the whole thing was the fact that you had the Panthers and the Heat doing something similar. But, uh, you know, both teams that a lot of people would say not traditional eight seed types, especially when you look at the the game breaking type, you know, clutch performers that both teams had. And of course, you just. You, you know, you look at the the comparisons and a lot of it's, you know, the culture that both organizations have instilled. And obviously Pat Riley's been there in Miami for a really long time and Eric Spolstra has too. But, uh, you know, on the Panthers side, the the group of personnel that Bill Zito's put together here in a few years and, and Paul Maurice, an experienced head coach coming in, putting his stamp on the whole thing. And you had Jimmy Butler. I saw the videos uh, off day shoot around wearing a Matthew Kachuk jersey. And you had the Panthers getting on the team playing wearing heat t-shirts. And there was just a, a lot of camaraderie between the whole thing. And you saw the whole community really really just embrace it that much more and you know just from the perspective of a sports fan down here every night you had something you had a, a huge game to watch for two straight months every night you had something between the Panthers and the Heat on those deep runs so it was something and you know it was one of those things uh the Panthers said it Paul Maurice pointed it out a lot um you know some of the veteran guys especially but it became a real a real uh you know just a kind of a rallying point for the Panthers but as the playoffs went on the, the guys knew especially going into the cup final like these next couple of weeks could be the best weeks you know this could be the best time of, of our life right here and let's you know while it is important and you're going out there to try and win a game um you know Paul Maurice said it going into game seven in Boston first round Eric Stahl who's achieved everything in this sport that you can said it before game seven in Boston you have to enjoy yourself you have to take it in obviously you're going out there with the goal to win the game but if you're not enjoying yourself you're not doing it with a smile on your face you're not going to be able to to maximize the, the potential of what uh, what you're able to what you're able to accomplish. So uh, again, it was a team that was really absorbing every single moment that it experienced along the way, and I think I think that only helped things. And like I said, for the sports fans down here, it was an unforgettable couple of months. Yeah, yeah, really special. And then uh, yeah, right.
right off, you know, uh, right after that, you get a guy who's batting nearly 400 in Miami. You get uh, Lionel Messi. So I think I speak for the rest of the sports world. No offense here, Doug. Can you guys just chill? Can you can you guys give something <laughs> to the rest of us here? Uh, Miami's taking all of the all the spotlight to themselves here. It's crazy. So. There's some good stuff going on down here, and the and, and the good. Dolphins the Dolphins are going to be exciting again. And yeah, yeah it's uh, there's some good stuff going on. You had two teams in the final four. From South yeah. Florida between yeah. Florida Atlantic and, and the U. So, yeah, there's some positive uh, positive vibes going on down here. Yeah, I say that the Bay Area. Scare, is, scare yeah. the wealth a little bit. We need it. Right. <laughs> I say that, though, as a Bay Area resident who uh, the last decade was pretty solid. So, yeah, the Warriors uh, I, and Giants gave you plenty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, we could. Yeah, go ahead and uh, yeah, Miami having a moment is is all fine. That's totally fine. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about uh, what we love as the sports cards industry, the hobby. Uh, last year. You were uh, doing some great MC work there, the Fanatics booth. Uh, you'll be at the National again this year in Chicago. What can we expect for you? What are the plans for you uh, this year? Well, going down there to uh, to do some more work for Fanatics, the the great people awesome. there. Uh, you know, kind enough to to have me along once again, and um, you know, we'll we'll see what we have in store for you once the uh, show comes around. But uh, you know, just a little plug: if you're at the Nationals, pop by the uh, pop by the Fanatics booth. Always good stuff going on uh, over there. But uh, I'm excited to you know we're excited to to uh, to be back at it again. And I know for me personally, I think this is going to be my tenth uh, going back to my first one I attended. I was twelve. Uh, 1997. So, um, you know, been been sporadically over the years, but I think this is going to be my 10th one. And I tell anybody, even if you're not even into cards, um, treat it like a museum because you're going to see stuff. It's not just cards. You're going to see stuff that you can't see anywhere else and maybe even a collection of memorabilia as good as you might see at a, at a Hall of Fame, for example, because the amount of things that come into one spot geographically for uh, for you know a long weekend every year it's really second to none and uh, and i know chicago's a great venue for it that we all can't wait to get back for and you get to see all kinds of great people too so um you know lots to look forward to it's one of my favorite times of the year and and i urge everybody at some point if you haven't gone you got to check it out at least once uh if you're a sports fan or if you're into collectibles at all so, Doug, is there anything specific you're going to be looking for at the National? If you get some downtime, you're going to try to add some stuff to the Detroit PC? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm looking uh, – I, I might try to look for some, like, Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson stuff. You know, I'm a, I'm a Tiger fan, so uh, yeah. I wouldn't mind picking up picking up some of that kind of stuff. Um, I, You know, there's a – my, my favorite players to collect are, you know, I'm always looking for cool Shaq stuff. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I tend to, and we've talked about this a lot. I think you all, as time goes on, you find your lane and what you want to collect. And um, you know, I collect, a, I collect a lot of new stuff, but I think nostalgia is the main driver for me when it comes to, uh, when it comes to cards, when it comes to collecting. So whether it's the feel of opening a pack of cards, giving you that nostalgic feeling or going mm -hmm. back and maybe pursuing some of the stuff that you wanted when, uh, uh, you were, you know, 10 years old and it was just a picture in the Beckett and a card that you thought you'd never be able to get. And now maybe you have the opportunity to go and find it uh, as an adult. So maybe some some Shaq stuff. Um, you know, there's uh, just a I, I like autographs. Autographs are my thing. So like that tends to be what I what I circle back to the most. So some cool autos doesn't have to necessarily be like Hall of Fame type guys. Maybe just a guy that uh, that that you know strikes a chord with me going back to yeah. when I was a kid or something like that. But um, you know that's that's the other thing is I've I've gone to the national before with the 
you know, really concrete defined shopping list, if you will. And I've um, gone in there kind of just with a blank slate before and just looked around. And I feel like I'm doing a little bit of a hybrid of the two this year. I have a couple of things in mind, but I don't want to stick so much to the list because you, you, you might just see something that you never see anywhere else that says, hey, I want that. I need that in my collection, whether it be big or small. So for me, that's a good, that's a good point. Cause if you do go in there with blinders on looking yeah. for something really, really specific, you're going to you, miss things. You tend to miss all the super cool stuff that you're just glossing over because you're so zoned in on, on one specific or team or player or something like that. So that's definitely a good point. I love the idea of having that hybrid approach. Yeah. And, and you know, there's, yeah, I find, you know, some guys are willing to haggle. You might find, uh, you know, you might find a dealer that you can negotiate down a little bit on. So that's why yeah. I'm just going to go in there with some things in mind. And, and, you know, I'm always looking to pick up, uh, you know, I'm slowly chipping away at the 86 Fleer basketball set. So maybe one of the rookies out of that, that I don't have like an Akeem or a Drexler or something, um, you know, that kind of stuff. But yeah, for me, it's going to be more just to look around and, and see what just uh, what catches my eye, what tickles my fancy, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Some really cool autograph guests this year. I don't know that I'll have a lot of time to be able to get over for that, but the list is the list is pretty good. There's some really cool guys on there. Yeah, we just mentioned it that I think the thing that took me by surprise is the amount of like active younger athletes in there, which you know you don't tend to see, I think, as much at a lot, not just the national, but I think in general, a lot of these these types of shows. So I think that to me speaks volumes of the way things are shifting. Maybe it's uh, a venue change. Maybe it's the way that things are sort of shifting in the hobby. But I think it's not. I think that's nothing but great news. I think for collectors and people attending the show. Yeah, there's. I mean, you, you, I know you guys mentioned on your one of your podcasts. I think it was the last one. You were talking about Jalen Green and Anthony Edwards yeah. being there, which yeah. is which is really cool. And guys that are actively playing. That's something you didn't get as much in the past. And you know, you have a lot of your, you know, stars of the 50s, 60s, 70s, but you're starting to see guys like from from what I would call like our era, you know, Allen Iverson, Stefan Marbury, those kind yeah. of guys that that are going to be there as well. Um, it, it's a it's a really cool, just kind of a, a broad, diverse group of uh, of signers that are going to be there. And then some active guys like I think Shane Bieber is signing there yeah. this year, like. Um, you know, Frank Thomas, who's not that far removed from the sport, mm -hmm. uh, you know, as far as his playing career goes. So uh, a really cool group of, of autograph guys that uh, that are on that list, I guess, if anybody's going there and, and has somebody in mind. It, there were, And there are a lot of names. It's quantity and quality when it comes yep. to the autograph uh, pavilion this year. Yeah, uh, Bieber, who I know has been involved in some trade whispers, hopefully doesn't get dealt before the Nationals so he can be there. I'm sure uh, there will be refunds at the point of purchase. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or, you know, whoever I guess get they get traded for, it's like, well, you know, we'll have the three prospects that they traded Shane Bieber for here, if that's okay with you guys. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, man, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait for it. Uh, also, the venue itself, I, I actually want to know from both uh, – you, Doug, and from Dan, uh, for uh, I've never been to this venue for the National. Uh, just the setting, Rosemont, Chicago, things people should know. Thing uh, is it? What do you like about it? What are the, sort of the, the tips and tricks for uh, the show in Chicago specifically? Well, I guess for me, I've I've worked this one once with Fanatics. I've been to the, a National in this venue at least two or three times as just a show goer, um, you know, in, in years past. 
it's a great venue. It's huge. It's right by the L train station. It's right by the airport. It's right by a ton of hotels and restaurants. So there's a lot right around there in Rosemont. If you haven't come to Chicago and I, I did my undergrad in Chicago, so I'm pretty familiar with that, uh, that neck of the woods. But if you aren't from Chicago, if you've never been to Rosemont, you're not right in downtown Chicago. Um, you know, you can hop on the L train. You can pick that up right there, take the blue line all the way in if you look at a map and and get the, you know, kind of get your bearings on that. So you are just a train, train ride away getting into the city. But uh, you are in, you know, the outskirts of Chicago, right by the O'Hare Airport. So it's really convenient in that regard. It's a it's a great venue. It's massive. I think we've probably all read and heard the same things that they actually plan to somehow expand the floor this year, which I don't know how it could get much bigger, but they say they're going to make it bigger. It's a great venue for it. And I've, I've honestly never heard, and Dan, maybe, maybe you, I've never heard anybody say they dislike the venue in Rosemont. Just to, just to reiterate what Doug was saying. I mean, it's everybody's favorite venue. Um, I mean, not to knock the other venues, but again, you are close to the airport. Generally, the hotel that you'd be staying at is within walking distance. Um, they have this cool little quad area that is has like nice restaurants, has like a nice cantina. There's like a, a, like a comedy venue if you want to get a comedy show. Uh, there's always like some live like cover bands playing in this little quad area. And it's all within like you know, a five, 10 minute walk from the actual venue itself. Uh, it's got really everything you need. Cleveland is definitely on the outskirts. If you've been to the Cleveland show, I lived in Cleveland for four years. Yep. It's, it's the, it's basically the convention center and then nothing around it. Like, I mean, even your lodging, your hotels, your restaurants, there's like really nothing around it. Well, I'm pretty sure that so, venue in Cleveland was an airplane hangar. I, yeah, I believe it's it was. Massive and it's massive it is, and it's right at the airport. It's big enough to have a giant Ferris wheel in the center of <laughs> the, the, the convention. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I always, I always say Chicago, especially like if you're a foodie person as well, I don't know if there's a better venue than Chicago. I mean, pizza, Italian beef sandwiches, Chicago. Italian dog. beef in Chicago, that is the signature. That's the, yeah. I know Chicago pizza gets the headlines. The yeah. Chicago Italian, Italian beef. beef sandwich. You can't get any better. I know every yeah. year when we go out to uh, Chicago during the season, I always make a point of getting at least one Italian beef sandwich. That is, that is a must. Nothing You're, quite uh, like looking it. for some yeah. to eat this year at the, at the national. Yeah. It's a, it's yeah. a great venue. It's a, I, I can't, I, and for you guys, I'm flying in from Florida. You guys flying in from California and Chicago. I know there, you know, it could take you a few hours, but the, the flights are easy getting to Chicago too. There, yep. there, there are a ton of options getting to Chicago. Yep. It's not Atlantic city, Atlantic city. The, uh, the travel's a little difficult. You got to fly into Philadelphia and then essentially drive in an hour and a half. So Chicago is easy. Um, generally you can get there without any layovers. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's a great venue. The actual venue itself flows really well. Um, you basically walk in, it's just dealers. As far as you can see, there's the breaker pavilion, you have a PSA set up and the grading mm -hmm. and all that good stuff. So it's going to be awesome. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make it this year, but oh. yeah, yeah, I'm uh, well, I'm glad we're getting to chat now then. 
Yeah, yeah. Right. So just uh, just have a newborn. So gonna stay home, take care of that. Well, but congratulations. Uh, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. So the whole crew is still gonna be out there rocking. Um, but I'm gonna be living uh, vicariously through uh, everybody's Instagram and Twitter post. <laughs> yep, all of our yeah, the embarrassing videos we'll have Joe singing Little Mermaid at the karaoke. We'll oh, send man. it to you. Uh hopefully it goes viral. Uh look, hey, you you mentioned food and it wouldn't be a Mojo Break podcast if we didn't eventually come back to talking about food. Yes. Okay, so what uh, Italian beef. I have admittedly I've had Italian beef. There was very briefly in San Jose, uh, in Al's, but they tried to expand Al's Italian beef, and they really? had a, they had one in San Jose for gosh, if you blinked, you missed it. Uh, they had it for maybe a year or two, uh, and I liked it a lot. But I'm sure that getting the authentic Chicago in Chicago would be better. So, what are the best options for Italian beef? And I I do have to ask, are we going? I know it's what Lou Malnati's versus Giordano's is usually the pizza debate. Or is there even a better option than those two? I personally, they're both good. I'm a, I am would prefer Lou Malnati's if I okay. had the option to go to one. Uh, having, again, like I said, I, I spent four years in the Chicagoland area. I visited the place a lot. Um, Lou's, Lou's is really solid. But you can't, you're not going to have a bad experience at either one. Uh, the Italian beef sandwiches, there's Portillo's is a, is a chain that's actually expanded out to like the Phoenix area. Now they're starting to grow there. I think they're, they're in the Tampa area too, um, slowly expanding, but, uh, that's their, their Italian beef sandwiches are great. Their Chicago style hot dogs are great. Al's is awesome. Um, which is, it's crazy to think that there was one in California. I had no idea yeah. that they tried that, but, uh, yeah, Al's is really good. There's a place called Bona beef. That's another local chain there in Chicago. That's pretty good. But I know you also have a lot of your, your mom and pop type places that are, if, if you're in Chicago and you're advertising that you have Italian beef sandwiches on your menu, I would imagine it's gotta be pretty decent because if it's not, there's just too many other options to compete with. And eventually you'll probably get, uh, you know, squeezed out of the Italian beef space, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it, it's, there are, there are a lot of good places to go places right right there in Rosemont. Actually, there's a, there's a bona beef. I think there's an owls not too far. Um, the Portillo's can't be too far. Chicago. You're never too far away yeah. from a Portillo. So uh, I would recommend any of those. I, I, I tend to get mine like just straight up, like the Italian beef provolone, maybe the sweet peppers, maybe not, but you can, and then you can like dip the whole sandwich in the the gravy or just have a little bit of it you could do it dry like there, there's options but yeah. we're just talking it's it's simple it really is just like meat and bread but it's just yeah. um, the combination of it's just unbelievable yeah and, and also the, the, there's few places i know we have like french dip in in like la is a big la thing but like just getting a bit big wet soggy sandwich with a bunch of meat i don't know there's something about it that it's just that's just that's just right there that's that, that is exactly what i want they all have good fries too they all have good fries i believe so. it yeah i believe it i believe it well we also uh couldn't have you on without talking about a little music uh Absolutely. first of all I, you know what? We were actually talking about, oh, I bet you Lollapalooza is going to be there. It's always the last weekend. It's actually a week after 
were in uh in Chicago. They're they're separating it by a week. I think they probably realize that's too many people in Chicago all at once. But any d- did you look maybe at the at the concert schedule in Chicago? Maybe try to catch a show at night. I, I have. I think yeah. I think the most music I'm going to experience is going to be the karaoke contest at the Mojo <laughs> Break Party. That is the concert. Yeah, which apparently I, which, which apparently I'm involved in. I think I'm involved in it. <laughs> Breaking news. Yeah. Breaking news. Doug Plagueis will be competing in the Bojo break. Barring unforeseen contest. scheduling conflicts. Yes, I will. Uh, I will be appearing. <laughs> I got it. I got to see some videos of that. That's going to be a blast. Oh yeah. I, I don't think I've, I haven't fun. sang karaoke probably. It's probably been close to a decade. This is a big return. A big return wow. for, uh, for me to the karaoke. We're kind of making it like last year we, in Atlantic city, we went to a karaoke bar. We're kind of making it. An annual thing now, it seems yeah. like. <laughs> well, so. it, it just, it's not, I remember it sounded like it just kind of happened, like took on a life of its own. And sometimes the best yeah. traditions just, that's how they, that's how they start. Yep. Yep. It's going to yeah. be a blast. Yeah. I we're gonna be, I mean, there's going to be a bunch of giveaways and stuff like that. I, Joe's performance is going to be insane. So I, I got to, I, Oh, oh wait, the Dan's coming back there. All right, we got you back, Dan. Oh yeah. All right. I was just saying Joe's video is gonna be ridiculous. I, I gotta see I gotta see I gotta see clips of that. I think that you know, and I know he's not technically competing, but I have this strange feeling that Joe's got like a costume ready. That, or I don't know, or maybe we're hyping this all up too much. There's also we've got duets lined up. We've got I already know a couple songs we got lined up. So uh, the the competition is stiff. I will say that it's going to be tough. It's people came to play, came or came to sing, I guess. Yeah, I, I'm a little bit nervous about following Joe. I heard he's going to bat lead off in this thing, and I've, I I haven't met Joe, but I just feel like he's going to be a tough act to follow. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but you know what? It's I have a, yeah, he'll, he's going to leave it all out there for yeah, sure. That's uh, to <laughs> say the least. Guaranteed. <laughs> yeah, to say the least, he's definitely going to. And again, I, I think there are still. By the way, if you, if anyone's listening to this, uh, uh, there should still be a few tickets out there. Check it out, or just send us an email uh, if you guys are going to be in the Chicago area and you guys want to get yourself at the party. It's there's going to be food, there's going to be drink. It's going to be right across at the Hilton. Just take the little sky bridge. You're right there. Uh, I can't wait. Uh, you can meet Doug. You can. You, I'll, I'll be hosting it. That'll be fun. I, I'm thinking about rent. If anyone knows a good tux rental place in Rosemont, <laughs> that's uh, that's that's the look I'm maybe going for. We'll see. I don't, a little, I don't know. Bow, bow tie action. Yeah, a little bow. Uh, you know what? I yeah. It's, you know what? I, I should have thought about this weeks ago. I should have brought. I should have got like a custom Mojo Break bow tie to go with it. But uh, maybe, maybe I'll maybe I'll figure something out. We'll see. I'll, I'll surprise everybody. Just go up there with the uh, the Dumb and Dumber tuxedo. Oh, <laughs> good call. Yeah, you know what? I'll have to look it up. Uh, well, hey, Doug, this has been uh, a blast as always. We really appreciate really appreciate really appreciate you coming on. Uh, so happy that I can't even talk. But uh, let us uh, know where we can find you on the socials, uh, online, and uh, uh, and of course where we can find you at the national. 
Yeah, I'll be at the uh, a lot of times I'll be at the Fanatics booth. So stop by, say hi to uh, to all of us there. Um, and uh, and then I'll be popping around the show from time to time uh, on social media at Doug Plagans, D-O-U-G-P-L-A-G-E-N-S uh, on Twitter, on Instagram. Those are the, the primary two places to find me. And if uh, if you're ever so inclined uh, between October and hopefully mid-June, you can find every Panthers game uh, right there on the NHL app makes it so easy to to listen to Panthers hockey every night. There are a lot of different places you can tune in uh, across our radio network, but the NHL app takes all the guesswork out of it for everybody. So with a lot of listeners here from uh, from outside of our South Florida region, I'll just leave it at that. You can uh, you can find every game on the NHL app and hear some guy on there talking real fast for you know the entire duration of the game that's me and as i always say i just hope everybody enjoys listening as much as i enjoy doing the broadcast because it's uh there's truly nothing uh, nothing i'd rather be doing yeah we absolutely do it was it was a thrill hearing those calls uh you know uh checking if i missed the game and i got to hear the call the next day on your twitter always appreciated that so uh yeah it, it was a it was a lot of fun to uh and i'm sure for you what the such a thrill to get to experience that but uh all right well hey doug we will see you at the national and uh start warming up those uh those vocal cords get those golden pipes ready uh for the karaoke contest I'm working on it. Dan, congrats on the new addition. We'll see you. We'll, we'll see you during the uh, during the hockey season at some point. As long as we have a, a night there in San Jose, I'll definitely pop by the store. Had a chance to do that for everybody tuning in. This is this is not a paid endorsement. I stopped by the show or by the uh, by the shop, and it was uh, it was an awesome uh, awesome place to go. So uh, it's definitely uh, great to see you. And I yeah, I appreciate you stopping by the store. And it's always great to hang out and uh, you know. Talk to talk the hobby and talk music and all that good stuff. So yeah, it was it was Appreciate it was awesome. I will, I will definitely be stopping by again in the upcoming season. And uh, and Cody, we'll see you soon, guys. Thanks so much for having we'll be me. There. One of my favorite things because I get to see you guys, and this means the Nationals is right here upon us. Wow, we love awesome. it. Thanks, Doug. Thank well, you. All right, take care, guys.